This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for Thursday, September 8th, 2022. On this week's Intego Mac Podcast, we'll give you a recap of Apple's Far Out event that introduced new versions of the Apple Watch, AirPods, and of course, the Apple iPhone. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst, Josh Long. Good afternoon, Josh. How are you today? I'm doing well. Wow, you said good afternoon, Kirk. I'm glad you picked up on that because we're recording at a very odd time. It's evening for me. Apple usually presents their new products on Tuesdays. Today they did it on Wednesday because of Labor Day on Monday. So we usually record Wednesday afternoon, my time, Wednesday morning for you. Now it's Wednesday evening, so we can get this episode out Thursday morning, my time, as we usually do. Right. So good afternoon, Josh. Yes. Good afternoon, Kirk. Did you enjoy the presentation? Yeah, it was it was pretty good. There was uh, we're going to talk about everything. Okay, so I, I'm not going to spoil anything. I, I but I will say overall, my impression of this event was this was a pretty cool event. Uh, there were a lot of really good things that Apple announced and talked about. So yeah, overall, I think I have a positive impression of it. Me too. And I think this is going to be an expensive one. First, let's talk about what Apple announced just after we finished recording last week. We're used to them releasing updates just after we record. And they did it again last week with the security update for some very old models. That's right. Apple released a surprise security update only for iOS 12 last week. And this kind of came out of nowhere. This was two weeks after the iOS 15 update that patched the same vulnerabilities. Interestingly, one of the vulnerabilities does not apply to iOS 12, and Apple actually called that out. They specifically said in the release notes for this iOS 12 update, this vulnerability that also got patched for the other things does not affect iOS 12. And I was like, oh, oh, transparency from Apple about their security updates. This is amazing. I wish that Apple did this all the time, but uh, at least they did patch the WebKit vulnerability that was that affected all the other Apple operating systems. Actually, interestingly, we still don't have patches for tvOS or watchOS for that same WebKit vulnerability. So, I, I mean, it's WebKit. It's in all of those operating systems, but Apple just hasn't patched those yet. So maybe it's just not been actively exploited on those platforms, or maybe they don't think it could easily be exploited on those platforms. Whatever the case, we still don't have patches for tvOS or watchOS. Okay, far out. That's how Apple called their event today. It was far out. And they had this picture of the Apple logo with stars. And it was kind of stretching. You know, they always have to have something to latch on to. And we'll talk about what happens in the stars. That's one of the features in a little bit. They talked about three products, the Apple Watch, the AirPods, and the iPhone. And before the show, we were just talking and Josh kind of didn't even remember anything about the AirPods. It's true. It's not very exciting what they did to the AirPods. But we're going to walk through these in order. I think there are some brilliant features. I really do. I'm impressed by a particular iPhone Pro feature, which shows a great deal of creativity. Let's start with the Apple Watch 8. It's the same screen size as the Apple Watch 7. There aren't a whole lot of new features. They give it 18 hour battery life. There's a new low power mode that goes up to 36 hours. That's pretty good. There are two 
I guess we'll call them marquee features. One of them is a temperature sensor for menstrual cycle tracking. Now, they spent 10 minutes talking about this, and this is a lot of stuff that I never heard about. But apparently, if you can record women's temperatures overnight, and it records every five seconds overnight, the wrist temperature, you can get an idea of when they're ovulating. So this is important for people who are trying to conceive and want to have this information. And they did, of course, mention that Apple cannot see any of your health-related data. That's not something that Apple has access to. Right. They stress the privacy of this because in some parts of the world, particularly the United States, you don't want people to know if you're pregnant. The second feature is crash detection. And this is brilliant, too. I really like this. My car has a feature like this. If there's a crash, it's going to automatically call the emergency services and the breakdown services and stuff. But it's really good that they've got this in the watch. And they talked a lot about the new sensors that they've added. And they said they've been working on this for years. And they showed a video at one point of a car in a crash test with a camera watching an iPhone in the car, because this feature is also available on the new iPhones. And does make you think that Apple's been testing this with crash tests for cars for a number of years to make this possible. This is something that I wish that I had had a couple of years ago. I was actually in a pretty severe accident. It would have been nice to have. Now, I did have some questions about this that were not addressed in the keynote because, of course, it's kind of technical, right? Like, they don't need to get into all these little details. But I was thinking to myself, okay, so if you're traveling with your family, you might all be part of the same family group with, you know, family sharing and all that. And so what if multiple people have an iPhone or an Apple watch and they're all, are they all going to like make emergency calls? Like that doesn't seem like that's very, uh, practical. Well, I would, I, I would think that it is very practicable because then the emergency services know that there's multiple people involved in the accident. Okay, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, I, I guess the disadvantage to that is you don't want to be clogging up the emergency services lines, right, and have multiple operators taking multiple calls when there's really just one incident. Also, kind of a related thing, but if you're traveling with friends who might also have an iPhone and they're in the car with you when you get in an accident, what happens? Again, are there multiple calls? That's something that I think that if Apple hasn't already put something in place to prevent multiple calls from happening. I think that's something that they'll probably be implementing just to just to reduce the strain on emergency services. Okay, I think you're overthinking that, but um, it's a valid point. There's no more Nike watch. You can now put Nike watch faces on any watch. There are still Nike watch bands. Remember, there used to be a specific Nike watch model. The Apple Watch Series 8 starts at $399 for aluminum, $499 for stainless steel. I thought, as aside from those two features we just talked about, the Apple Watch 8 is exactly the same as the Apple Watch 7. It's the same screen size, which is pretty close to the Apple Watch 6, which is a little bit smaller, but there's not a big difference. This is really a tiny difference. But we'll talk about the new Apple Watch in just a second. The Apple Watch SE, there's a new version starting at $249, $299. Great for kids to put them in your family group. If you don't want your kids to have phones, it's a good way to communicate. And then they came out with the Apple Watch for explorers and adventurers and athletes and all that. And I must say, I got to tell you, I ordered one. You did? <laughs> even, really? uh, even though I'm not an explorer and I'm not an adventurer, I think that is a cool looking watch. 
as I said, the Apple Watch Series 8 is the same as the 7, which is almost the same as the 6, which is what I have. So I figured I'm going to order one of these. It's got these extra buttons. It's got this bigger digital crown. It's got this night mode and always on. It's a big watch. It's 49 millimeters. So that's four millimeters larger than the large Series 8. But I think it's a cool looking watch. Now, yes, you look at me, I'm not an adventurer or an explorer or a, an athlete, but I, I have a feeling this is going to be very popular among people who want a bling watch. Okay. So Josh my- is stunned by my revelation <laughs> that I ordered because you, you need to know that the new Apple watches are available to order right now. It's not, you don't have to wait till Friday, like in the past. So right after the event, didn't even have to reload the Apple store pages. They were immediately available. Yes. Okay. So... My, my my impression looking at this on people's wrists in the video was, dang, that thing is chunky. Like, that's huge. Okay, so I want you to uh, – only Josh and, and Doug, our producer, can see this. I have a very wide wrist, and this is a 44-millimeter watch, so I got a lot of room. It's thick. It's about 14 millimeters thick, but in terms of width, it won't bother me. I was chatting with some people on Twitter during the event who really liked it, but like a woman with a very tiny wrist, it would be just, you know, huge. In fact, in some of the photos that they showed, people like someone running a marathon or something was a woman with a small wrist. But it's got some cool things. It's got a titanium case, which is, you know, for adventurers and and athletes and stuff, that's better. Sapphire front, front crystal. It's got an action button, which is in... And I quote, high contrast international orange. Now, what I'm seeing on Twitter is that there'll be an API for this and developers will be able to set their apps to be able to use this. So it's a pretty wide button that you press to make a specific thing happen. Now, Apple's designed this to tie into diving apps and run track apps and things like that. But it looks like this is a tool that can be exploited. There's a larger digital crown. The side button is proud, as they say. So that means it stands up a little bit from the side of the watch instead of being flush. It has from 36 to 60 hours battery life. I mean, that's huge. 36 is normal and 60 in low power mode. It's got a very cool night mode. It's got a new precision dual frequency GPS solution because they're saying for explorers who are out of the range of GPS or whatever, they use two different frequency GPSs. Don't remember all the technical details. And it's even got a waypoint marking thing. So if you think you're lost, you keep track of where you are and then you can follow your way back, like leaving breadcrumbs in those fairy tales. Yeah, there were a lot of great features. If you are an an outdoor adventurer, this is definitely the watch that you want to get. No question about it. The battery life is something that an average person like me actually would enjoy having better battery life. Currently, they say the Apple Watch 8 has only an 18 hour battery life. Um, that's not great. In my opinion, I would love to be able to wear a watch for 24 hours and not have to worry about it running out of battery. So the 36 minimum hours of battery life, I think that's really great. And, and I would love to see more battery life on a, on a smaller wrist device. <laughs> but, uh, I, so I understand there needing to be some additional chunk for, for that purpose, as well as kind of just the ruggedness, right? The, the, the adventure proofing of it. Yeah. Obviously, the longer battery life influences the size of the device, right? And that's part of why it's bigger. It's only $799. Now, that's only $100 more than a stainless steel Apple Watch. So that's not excessive. I expected it to be closer to 1000 I think they're competing with Garmin and they can't get too expensive when you compare it with Garmin watches. They kind of, Garmin's 
the most expensive watches are around that range or a little bit more. So they want to be competitive. And I think they're in introducing a new model, they want it to be adopted. This is actually twice as expensive as the least expensive Apple Watch 8. So, and, and quite a bit more expensive, of course, than the 250 Apple Watch SE. But it's it's a completely different use case, right? The same people who want to buy the SE are not the same people who want to buy the Apple Watch Ultra. Very quickly, the AirPods Pro second generation. The cool feature here is that you can use the true depth camera on an iPhone to create a personalized profile for spatial audio. Basically, it maps the shape of your ear. What I don't understand is that these are in-canal headphones. So what does the shape of the rest of your ear have to do with anything for spatial audio? It's got touch control. You swipe up or down to change volume. It's six hours listening time, which is an increase over previous 30 hours with charging case. And there's a speaker in the charging case to help you find it using Find My with your iPhone. I think that's pretty good. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about all the new iPhones. Protecting your online security and privacy has never been more important than it is today. Intego has been proudly protecting Mac users since 1997, and our latest Mac protection suite includes the tools you need to stay protected in 2022. Indigo's Mac Premium Bundle X9 includes Virus Barrier, the world's best Mac anti-malware protection, Net Barrier for powerful inbound and outbound firewall security, Personal Backup will keep your important files safe from ransomware, and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Best of all, it's compatible with macOS Monterey and the latest Apple Silicon Macs. Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from Intego.com today. When you're ready to buy, Indigo Mac Podcast listeners can get a special discount by using the link in this episode's show notes at podcast.intigo.com. That's podcast.intigo.com. And click on this episode to find the special discount link exclusively for Intigo Mac Podcast listeners. Intigo, world-class protection and utility software for Mac users, made by the Mac security experts. Okay, before we get to the iPhone, Josh told me during the break that I need to mention that you can get a personal Memoji engraved on the charging case, and you can charge it with an Apple Watch charger or any wireless Qi charger. There's already one wireless model, right? The, the, the AirPods Pro, I think, already has a wireless charger, but I think the difference is the Apple Watch charger working with it this time. Okay, so iPhone 14. So they started out with at least 25 minutes on the iPhone 14, not the Pro, just the normal iPhone 14. And it comes in two sizes, 6.1 and 6.7. So if you want a larger iPhone, you don't need to pay the Pro tax this time. Both of these iPhones have something that's called action mode, which is an improved image stabilization for video. So if you're running behind someone, instead of it bouncing, it's going to be a lot more stable than it is normally. It has the crash detection. We mentioned that before. And it's got another really cool safety feature, which is emergency SOS by satellite. They showed two people on the top of a mountain and it looked like the guy had broken his leg and he had his iPhone and he was pointing it up in the sky. There's this interface that directs you to where the satellite is so you can lock onto it. You can send 
certain messages. They explained that there's a kind of a questionnaire. So because data, uh, there's a very limited amount of data in satellite transmissions with that sort of thing. So they have a questionnaire, which I guess the data it's sent is one, two, three, four for each question. So it's not a lot of data. You can share your location with Find My. For other messages, they're compressed somehow. So they take up less space than the text. The whole point is to let emergency services know where you are until that helicopter comes with the floodlights and finds you and saves you. Right. And to have that communication be as quick as possible, even though you're using satellite, which normally everything would be very slow with satellite communications. Right. Now, this is great if you are an adventurer or an explorer. If you're a sailor and you get into trouble at sea, if you're a hiker and you're miles from any cell tower, this almost seems like something that should be in every phone. And it almost seems like if you're a hiker and you go away from cell towers and you don't have an iPhone in the future... You're kind of dumb. <laughs> well, I, I do think that this is probably something we're going to start seeing in just about, if not every iPhone that they release going forward. They did also say that this emergency SOS via satellite is going to be free for two years with the purchase of an iPhone, which is kind of interesting because it's like, well, wait, does that mean that? I have to start paying for it if I keep my device longer than two years or what? You just buy a new iPhone in two years and you're fine. Well, right, <laughs> right. That's their logic. Uh-huh. Apple Care on an iPhone is two years. Most of the financing is two years. They're just, you know, they're making, they're making the two-year iPhone update. They're giving you another reason to update your phone every two years. One thing this can't do yet is really help you out too much if you're in a non-emergency situation and you don't have good... Or, or any cellular reception, right? So if you're traveling, if you're on a road trip and you want to message somebody and you don't have any cell tower signal, there's really nothing that this is going to help you with. This is really specifically for emergency purposes and with the one additional non-emergency benefit that you can notify people of your location with Find My. Right. Another interesting feature is that in U.S. models, there's no SIM tray. There's only eSIMs, and you can have multiple eSIMs. They didn't say how many, but this is a really good feature for security, isn't it, Josh? Right. It was interesting that this is only coming in the U.S. models, but uh, but they did say that it's good for security because if your iPhone is lost or stolen, somebody can't steal your SIM card, stick it in another phone, and now receive text messages intended for you, which could potentially include two-factor authentication SMS messages, right? Not to mention other SMS text messages that are intended for you that are going to your phone. Normally, if you lose your phone, you're going to get that switched off so other people won't be able to receive your texts for very long. But if somebody has just stolen it and maybe they're specifically targeting you and trying to break into some important accounts that, that belong to you, before you notice that your phone is stolen, they might have already been able to break into your accounts. Okay, pricing is $7.99 for the 6.1 inch, the same as last year's, and $8.99 for the 6.7. So again, if you do want a larger phone, you don't have to pay for the Pro phone, which is a couple hundred dollars more. Now, the iPhone 14 Pro. Since the iPhone 10, we've had a notch and this ugly little notch in the phone that's just like this space that's cut out that serves no purpose. And kudos to them. I mean, they innovated here. They took the notch and they made it a pill. So you have a little bit of screen above this pill-shaped thing. And this pill becomes what they're calling a dynamic island that with different alerts and notifications, it gets wider and it displays things behind it. This is the most creative use of an annoying 
design fault I've ever seen, right? They had to have the pill for the cameras in the front for Face ID. And they've got this cool thing. You've got to watch Apple's presentation to see how this works. Any app will be able to use this for notifications. You can have even two notifications at the same time. Or when you're playing music, album artwork will show up in this little space. You can see sports scores. They were showing one example with one team on the left and one on the right. I don't know how you get the scores there, but obviously there's an API for apps to put the information into this dynamic island. Yeah, uh, this is definitely an innovative feature. Uh, by the way, they never use the term pill anywhere in this presentation. No, This is a, a pill. That, pill is a term that's kind of been adopted by the rest of the industry because Android phone manufacturers have started using a pill instead of a notch. And so Apple didn't want to call it a pill. And also, they want to be able to use that space more effectively, right? And so that's the whole idea behind Dynamic Island. It it sort of takes that little pill shape and expands it out automatically and dynamically. So now Face ID shows up up there and all of these other alerts that normally uh, take up space on your screen, either in a dialog box in the middle of the screen or something that comes down from the top. Now all of that is replaced, it looks like, uh, or potentially can be replaced with dynamic eye. Really clever. Um, the display is a Super Retina XDR. It's an always-on display. Um, it remains to be seen how much is always on, right? Because it's on the lock screen. So it's not going to be moving a lot. It has 2000 nit peak outdoor brightness compared to currently 1500, which is huge that when you're out in the sun, you need to see your phone. You know how hard it is. Um, they were talking about the brightness being adaptive to the ambient lighting. Um, so this is this is definitely improving on a real problem with phones that when you're in bright light, you can't really read them. Right. And they, they did specifically say this is the brightest display on any smartphone out there today, which it, it's always nice. I like it when Apple points out like no other phone that's on the market has a feature like this. Yeah. And and I feel like we got a lot of those with, you know, for the emergency SOS via satellite and now the brightest display on the market if you get the iPhone 14 Pro. Not to mention the, what they're doing with Dynamic Island. This is far better than anything else that you've got on Android with, you know, the pill. The pill is just kind of there on any other device. And on this, now they're kind of expanding on that and using it as a good place to put notifications, right? They're using that real estate much better than they have in the past. It won't look annoying because it will have a use other than just being an empty space. Yeah, I, I, I kind of got that impression. Now, one thing that was not clear from Apple's presentation is what exactly this is going to look like when your phone is in landscape mode. They do show a couple of shots where the pill, of course, is it, it has to be in the same place because there's an actual camera there, right? But they don't really show what it looks like when you get notifications or other uses of the dynamic island when your phone is in landscape mode. So I guess we'll find out in a couple of weeks. It's going to look like the notch looks in landscape mode. It's going to look annoying. But when you're in portrait mode and when you get notifications, etc., it'll be useful. Uh, again, I think it's clever. They're masking a defect. Big change to the camera. They've gone to a 48 megapixel camera on the main camera, not the ultra wide or the telephoto. What's interesting is the way it's working is for low light shots, for example, it's using 12 megapixels. So it's using four pixels, groups of four pixels together. But you can shoot in RAW at 48 megapixels. Now, as an example, I've got two 
what I call real cameras. I have a Fujifilm camera that has 24 megapixels, and I have another camera that has 47 megapixels. 48 is an awful lot of megapixels. The three cameras are the 1X, which is the main camera, the 0.5X, which is the ultra-wide, the 3X, which is the telephoto. What they can do is they can do a half-crop of the 48 megapixels to have a 2X in between. So it's like they're having four different optical zoom levels instead of digital zoom levels. And that's very clever, giving you four different opportunities, taking advantage of those 48 megapixels and cropping down. Josh is shaking his head. He doesn't know much about cameras, so that doesn't really mean anything to you, right? I, I mean, like, I'm not like a professional photographer or anything like that. I wouldn't even consider myself an amateur photographer. Occasionally, I'll shoot a photo here or there, but, right. you know. You're not the target demo for that. That's the thing. No, not really. So, I mean, that's why I'm a little bit torn. I, we mentioned before that, like, this is the year that I'm getting a new iPhone, right? It's been four years. I, I need a new phone. And it's going to, I'm going to have to really think about, do I really need the features of the iPhone 14 Pro? The dynamic island, right? That's, that's like the biggest advantage of getting the Pro, really. They're the same size. You know, you've got two, two models. You've got the, the 6.1 inch and the 6.7 inch of both the iPhone 14 and the iPhone 14 Pro. So I don't need it for any size-related reasons. I'm not really like an outdoor extremely bright light all that often where the 2000 nit peak outdoor brightness is going to be all that amazing for me. But Josh, you keep your phones for a long time, so get the best one you can now so you don't regret it. I mean, if you don't have the dynamic island, you will just be shunned in <laughs> among your friend group. Oh boy. Well, I don't know about that, but I, I do think that the dynamic dynamic island is something that we're going to see probably on at least the next year's model and probably at least for a couple more years, right? This is the kind of feature that typically does not just go away after one generation. Uh, Apple's going to continue to build on that as long as people like it and, and are really utilizing it, it's going to stay around. So I do think for that reason, it's probably worth it to spend the extra 200 bucks and get the pro model, right? So I, I have a feeling I'm probably going to end up getting a pro model for myself and my wife, which is going to kind of break the bank, but <laughs> at least Apple has payment plans. Yes, exactly. So they're 999 and 1099, all day battery life, what Apple says. They weren't more precise than that in terms of hours like they are with the Apple Watch. It's the same price as last year for the US. It's not the same price as last year for the UK because the pound is very weak. So it's 11.49 for the Pro Max and I was planning to get the Pro Max. The the problem I'm having with the normal Pro is it's just my eyesight. I'm finding it harder to read things on the phone without reading glasses. So getting the bigger screen of the Pro Max, I think, would be a lot easier for me. I've had a couple of um, what I call clown shoe size iPhones in the past. I had an 8 Plus and then an XS Max. So I may splurge for the ridiculously expensive iPhone 14 Pro Max. As I said, this was an expensive day, Josh. Oh boy, yeah, you were between kidding. between the phone and the and the watch, you know. And you already shelled out for the new Apple Watch Ultra. So. I've already ordered the watch. Wow. Yeah, it was available today. I wanted to make sure I got one quickly. Man, okay. Well, I so I'm, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. I believe that's delivered by the 23rd of September. So we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Cool. I will. Look, I look forward to hearing your uh, impressions of it once you've actually had it on your wrist and gotten a chance to try it out. Okay, you can start ordering the iPhone Friday. 1 p.m. my time, 5 a.m. Josh's time, 8 a.m. on the East Coast. Josh, you're going to get up early for 5 a.m.? Maybe. <laughs> I'll think about it. <laughs> Until next week, Josh. Stay secure. All right. Stay secure. 
Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to follow us in Apple Podcasts or subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software, intego.com. <laughs>